Now on Radio Three, Sally Ho takes you on a walk in Part Three of Small Steps, Big Impact. Welcome back to Small Steps, Big Impact. I'm Sally Ho. As you know, I've become all about living sustainably over the past few years. Previously, I've been bringing you with me on this radio journey to find out some of the easiest ways we can all go green. We've ditched beef and even gone out to get a planet-forward meal. Today, we're doing something even easier than that. Something all of us do on a daily basis, but perhaps just not enough of. What I'm talking about is walking. I know it's not always possible to avoid road transport. I, for one, often take the bus when I'm travelling to work. But whenever possible, and especially on the weekends, I like ditching buses and cars, and instead I travel by foot. In fact, I'm on a walk as we speak right now. And joining me today is Igor, who happens to be a mega walker, or runner, I should probably say. She's a pro when it comes to going zero transport because she's a trail runner. Yes, she runs for miles and miles, and literally gets from point A to point B by the power of her endurance. She happens to be a breathwork instructor too. Now, I'm not saying that all of us are runners. I'm definitely not, but maybe Igor can tell us a little bit about how getting out and about, walking and running more has been one of the main ways she's been able to cut down on her carbon footprint. Hi, Igor. Can you please tell us a bit about what you do, your story, and your sustainability background as well? Sure. Hi, Sally, and thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Aigul uh, Safiulina. I know it's a bit of a difficult name uh, for most people. Uh, so I'm a certified breathwork facilitator and sound therapist, but also I used to uh, be a journalist um, reporting about sustainability, environmental health, and human rights uh, in the past um, in South America. And currently, I live in Hong Kong. I also work in the training and development company that, that is called The Do. And this is where we also help companies to execute their strategies that are also related to sustainability, innovation, and uh, yeah, the most pressing issues of, uh, of this time. And you're also a trail runner. So tell me a bit about that as well. Yes, actually, trail running is something that I picked up in Hong Kong. Uh, so just a few years ago, even though I hail from the Ural Mountains, uh, which you would think that everyone would be running there, but uh, of course not because they are a little bit wild and it's harder. But something that I, you know, I explored in Hong Kong and it was a big surprise for me uh, was the massive countryside. And initially, I, I was just curious. Um, it was more like a hike type, but then I thought, oh, I, I would actually prefer to run because there was a race that was all female, 
and it was uh, also charity one and that's how I liked it and uh, yeah haven't haven't stopped since then and before we dive more into running and walking tell us what trail running actually is for those people who might not know Sure. So trail running uh, is uh, the type of running, not 100% of the time. There is also an element of walking that is usually done on, um, uh, you know, uneven terrain. So that wouldn't be a city type or, you know, when you're close to residential buildings, but more out in the wild. So typically it would be mountains uh, because they have uh, trails, right? Or it could be also just up the hills. And um, yeah, for example, Hong Kong is very easy in this regard because you have trails literally everywhere. I mean, now we are walking here in Central and Victoria Peak is just nearby. Or you, if, you, if we go further to Quarry Bay, right? Like you also have all this Mount Butler, Mount, you know, you can go to Repulse Bay and to the south side and it's quite easy as well. So it's not very common. Usually it's something, you know, where you need to take an effort and people would spend days. But of course, if you think about, you know, uh, how to do it, so of course, when you go uphill, that's not when you run. You're not expected to run, except, of course, if you are, you know, one of these professional runners or it's a competition. And then on the downhills, uh, that's where you also have uh, different techniques uh, because that's also where a lot of people get injured because they are, you know, relaxed, more relaxed, uh, as in, less attentive to what they see so that also requires so trail running also requires uh, more focus more attention right because it's never the same um, surface that uh, where you place your feet and that's why also the shoes they should be different uh, not your typical sneakers uh, just because uh, you know the the demand is different and the impact is different as well well, it sounds like you're the perfect person to talk to all about walking and running. Let's get to the protein then. How do you try your best to get from point A and point B to point B without having to take road transport? I know you really try to make walking a part of your sustainable lifestyle. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, if you see some of the studies, right, uh, when you have this uh, like a day without cars uh, and people are forced to walk or to use bikes, actually the, uh, you know, the impact on the you know, quality of air, uh, also, you know, carbon emissions is, is massive. So that's why I think we should all probably be using our legs or, you know, bikes if possible. I'm quite lucky because I live in Muivo, uh, in South Lantau, and our transport is typically bikes yeah, within the village. Uh, and then, of course, when, you know, we go to the city, that would be a, a ferry. I still don't know exactly what's the output. Um, but at least, you know, something that I really like uh, is that Hong Kong is also quite easy to walk. Uh, it's, you know, pedestrian friendly and anyone can actually, you know, like, of course, I don't really know how it would be for people who have restricted mobility, like people who are using wheelchairs. But I think for most of the people, it's, it's very accessible. And even if you walk up the hill, it's quite easy. And plus, of course, the harbor front, uh, at least on the Hong Kong side, but also on the Kowloon side, is expanding. So I think it's also a perfect way to, you know, get to know 
the city again, some of the hidden spots. Um, and, and it's just nice when you walk, you also feel more energized, you feel, um, you know, like at ease uh, in the end. And it's uh, and even though that we know that typically we should be walking 10,000 steps a day, but I think it's a bare minimum. Uh, we can always do more, and especially in a place like Hong Kong. Well, it sure puts me at ease right now talking to you while we go on a walk. Why do you think more people don't think about simply walking more as part of their eco-friendly lifestyle? I think a lot of people, they want to become more sustainable and they might choose to switch their light bulbs to LED or shorten the time they take in the shower to save water, perhaps. I feel like walking is one of those things that don't really come to mind as easily. Why do you think that is? I think because it's just so, like walking is so accessible, right? It's something where you don't need to pay any membership or, you know, wear particular clothing. So it feels like, you know, because it's granted, just like breathing, it feels like, oh, I have it anyway. So we don't really give it enough attention and credit. And and then, of course, I think most people and um, I don't know for your childhood, but in my childhood, we were not really taught about the benefits of you know just simple walking and actually it has a lot and even for some people like a lot of i know that a lot of people uh, can't run because they have certain you know health issues or you know they just don't like it but walking is suitable for everyone so everyone can do it again for most people who don't have any uh, particular health issues so i think it's yeah so it's education because it's granted so we feel that it's easy and then third thing is also just building a habit right because that means for example if it's part of your commute that you wake up earlier or you leave the house just a bit like 10 minutes earlier and sometimes we get so caught up in our daily routines that it feels like oh no maybe next time maybe next time but uh, and sometimes you know if it's also like because it's free walking is free you can't really charge for that Maybe one thing that, uh, you know, people can do is just reward themselves. Uh, you know, okay, I walked, uh, so I, I don't know, I get myself uh, an apple. I mean, you know, something healthy, of course, not uh, an unhealthy thing. You're so right. Uh, and you mentioned about the commute, but I think for some people that's really not possible. They have to take transport when they commute for work. But on the weekends, we can really incorporate more carbon-free activities then that's our chance what are some activities that you like to spend your weekend doing without having to travel on the road per se yeah I mean again like definitely walking is a great one just exploring your neighborhood for example and I love doing that in Lantau just because again probably it's a very lucky you know position because you know we have a lot of nature and there are cows you know and uh, places to see and to visit um, but then some other things could be again hiking right uh, or uh, trail running it could be also water sports like swimming I, I love paddling I know that I still need to travel a little bit uh, to get to paddling but then you know, for two hours, I'm just using, you know, uh, a boat that, um, you know, is not on any uh, engine, you know, it, it moves if we move. So this, like, I would say, like, it's more like sports, uh, sports-related activities or, like, just simple biking. Sometimes it's also something that 
um, is very beneficial and, and pleasant as well. It has to be also pleasant. Do you have any tips for people who aren't used to going on long walks? Or maybe they're short on time. What would you say to them? I would say maybe uh, make a easy plan. For example, on the first day you walk five minutes, then you add 10 minutes. If you live close to the park, you can count by loops. For example, you make one loop, uh, then the other. I remember when I first moved to Hong Kong, I, I wasn't fit at all. And I lived close to Victoria Park and making two loops, like running two loops was so hard for me. But I remember I had a goal like, okay, within a month I should be able to do three loops, then four loops, and it helped, right? Because I still didn't know about the trails, I didn't feel comfortable going there. So I think just adding a little bit more, but just a little bit more is already better. Again, like five minutes is always better than zero minutes. So there is no such thing as not enough, right? Because it's still a progress. Absolutely. And I know that you're a breathwork coach as well. Can you tell us a bit about how beneficial it is to incorporate more movement into our days from a wellness perspective? I saw a statistic from the Center for Health Protection that only around a quarter of all adults in Hong Kong get um, enough physical activity every day. That's, that's really, really small. So, so from a wellness perspective, how important is it? Oh, yes. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you look also at uh, the stats uh, or like more stats and about longevity, right? So one big thing that uh, can say that you will live longer is your lung capacity. So when we increase our lung capacity, that means that we can live longer. Of course, that's not a 100% guarantee. Um, but that's, and 90% of adults, especially in big cities, are not breathing in a proper way, meaning that uh, they don't use their diaphragm, their upper chest breathers. So when we use our chest or our shoulders, that's also when we get back pain, right? And um, we get more anxious. So, and when we're not in peace, like well, from wellness, like mental health uh, wise, or you know, emotional health, that also affects all other areas in, in our life. And, and of course, movement, um, more movement-based uh, activities, they also release dopamine, right? And like these happy hormones. So even when you don't think about breath work as practice, but just moving already makes you happier. I'd like to delve deeper into your breathwork knowledge. But before that, for people who aren't acquainted with what breathwork is, let's give them an overview. Sure. So breathwork is a modern term for pranayama or tai chi and qigong is the uh, set of techniques uh, that helps us uh, on one side to, um, you know, to make our breathing better, more functional from the physical perspective again meaning using our muscles in a proper way but also it's a meditative um, practice where we get into that flow state we breathe slower so we um, activate our parasympathetic response of the nervous uh, system which means rest and digest so most people these days live in the fight or flight mode which is a sympathetic state and again it's not bad to be there but we like we're too much uh, too much into that fight or flight mode. 
and so this is uh, basically a set of practices as well that help uh, that help you also to balance um, on all these levels physical mental emotional and spiritual as well and at the same time it helps um, for example with your digestive system pelvic floor health uh, cardiovascular of course because our lungs and our diaphragm are just uh, next uh, next to our heart and also our brain function right so how many people have brain fog these days that's also because our brain doesn't get enough um, fuel so now on to how breath work factors into our walking I think I'd love to pick your brain a little bit and get to know if there are some exercises, some breathwork exercises that we can all do when we're out and about, maybe we're outdoors and we're going on a walk. How will these exercises help us with our endurance perhaps? Or maybe there's a technique that will help us with our mental well-being as well while we're out on a walk. Can you tell us or walk us through some of these breathing techniques? Absolutely. I actually practice breath work all the time. So also one of the ideas is that it's not something that you do once a week uh, in a special place. Um, we breathe all the time for 24 hours. So why not to do it also when we walk? Uh, so one of the first technique that I, techniques that I learned when I was running a moon tracker race where I had to breathe properly because it was quite a tough one on, on Lantau Island as well. Uh, was just a paced breathing so you know when you run or when you walk and you feel like you're getting tired um, and also in terms of you know our pelvic floor like often when we breathe um, like for example uh, in a particular way um, and because we're usually uneven right so we have uh, one side usually gets more um, you know weight and over time it, it could be you know like uh, it could lead to disbalances so for example what I do so I breathe for three uh, like when I'm so it's like so it's like three inhales and then two exhales and that's basically how you also change your legs and I know that so three so one two th basically like this is a breath that makes you a bit more uneven and that makes sure that your legs when you step and your breathing also changes. So you inhale on one and exhale on the other, but it doesn't get into the same pace. Wow. So that's like, that's one that's probably the most easiest because you don't need to think about other things. And of course, uh, second tip is try to breathe through your nose. And I know it could be hard sometimes, but when we breathe through our nose, we also save more energy and also we moisturize, right, our nasal passageways we breathe less uh, harmful particles as well with the air quality it's very important and also it helps you know with our oral health as well right like our dental health and one technique that I particularly like when I'm running or I'm hiking and I feel like oh, I'm, I, I don't feel like anymore is I, I call it 20 connected breaths so you have four first inhales and exhales that are quick so it's in out in out in out and then the fifth one is a long inhale a long exhale and then you repeat it four times so it makes it 20 and then you can just keep repeating so in out in out in out in out and then long inhale long exhale because it's also very important to breathe slower something that we often can't do when we walk because we need more energy so we get this in our first four breaths but then in the fifth one 
we get a longer one just to get that balance because otherwise we may hyperventilate you know, or even fade and that's not what we want to do when we walk. That's a great tip. I actually just noticed myself when you were talking about it that I need to breathe through my nose a lot more. I think when we're going on a walk, it's a really hot day out here. We're walking through Central and I found myself breathing through my mouth as we were speaking. And that's a great, great tip. And same with the other two. I think we're all going to try it when we're out on a walk. It might help us push through in the summer heat. Now, we're walking through Central because it's a weekday and we're out and about. But on weekends, when you have a bit more time, where are your favorite spots to go on a walk? Can you give some ideas where we can go? Yeah, so any harbor front is perfect. Um, yes, again, I, I love South Lantau, so that's probably where you would find me. Uh, and also, like, exploring some, you know new trails um but something where i like walking yeah so that would be definitely like the harbor front on both sides uh, both on the central side and um tst then bowen road is amazing because even if it gets crowded it still feels quite spacious and and it's nice to walk there um and some somewhere like new-ish that i liked a couple of years ago is uh, chenquano promenade it's really nice and it almost feels like you are in a different um, city if you are not, of course, from Chinguano. Uh, but it's, that's quite, quite beautiful as well and gives you a, diff a different view. For me, my favorite walk is going to Hong Kong Park. You are only 15 minutes away from Admiralty or Central and you feel like you're in a completely different place. It truly is a bit of an oasis in the middle of the city, isn't it? Have you ever been? Oh yes, I love it. Absolutely. I love it. And it, it, it almost feels like, you know, you get into that, like you're in that buzz and it's loud and then suddenly it's like quiet and you, you feel like, oh, what happened? And you know, like it's a great battery charge. And it makes for a great weekend activity that is completely carbon free. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the easiest thing, the best things are often, you know, the easiest and cost free. Uh, we have access to all of them and it's, yeah. So why not to leverage them? Finally, I'd love for you to tell us some of your other sustainability tips. Apart from walking, what do you like to do? Oh, absolutely. I love, uh, well, I'm, most of my wardrobe is uh, secondhand or pre-loved. Uh, that's how I like to call it. So we often uh, organize swap events with my friends or I like obviously going to redress, pop-up weeks because you can f find amazing pieces at the fraction of the price. But also, you know, it's, it's nice to, you know, to, to find something that is quite unique. Uh, then obviously like being mostly plant-based, uh, that's a huge uh, difference uh, and also a huge difference for the health. Uh, and again, it's something easy, even though, you know, only 2% of the food is made in Hong Kong, but actually for veggies, that's, you know, probably 100% of the veggie of this 2% are made in Hong Kong. There are many farms that also produce, so it also means supporting local farmers and producers and generally i also try to shop locally like i love essential oils for example and um i, I always buy them from the local and she's a female entrepreneur 
and yeah, and I think these are some easy swaps. Uh, that's uh, you know, and of course some of the DIY uh, little projects, not the big ones, because um, that of course also requires a bit of more craft. And of course walking more right of course yeah. but that's like that's the thing it's such a given thing that I don't even think about it as oh you know like as a um, sustainability aspect because it just it's just there like it just that and that's the thing sometimes it takes more time with MTR for example at certain places it takes more time to go inside wait for the train get outside than walking Unless, of course, you go far away, but in, 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 in most of the areas you can actually, you can easier walk. Now that's definitely a bonus, a piece of extra motivation to go on a walk this weekend and enjoy the fresh air while saving the planet as well. And with that, I'd love to thank Igel for her wonderful tips, her breathwork tips and her knowledge about walking running and how we can make all our lives a bit more sustainable thank you so much Igel thank you Sally I'm back home after walking around with Igel I've worked up a bit of a sweat so I'm gonna cool down get some water and while I do that, I want to find out more about how big a difference going car-free can be. So I'm just going to sit down and have a bit of a search online. As I mentioned earlier while I was chatting with Igor on our walk, transport makes up a pretty big portion of Hong Kong's carbon footprint. According to data from the EPD, the city's road and marine transport is responsible for around 18% of our total greenhouse gas emissions. It's the second biggest direct source of greenhouse gas emissions after the energy sector. It's a major source of air pollution too. Globally, transport accounts for around a fifth of our carbon emissions. Aside from the obvious reduction in transport emissions, and in addition to all the health and well-being benefits that come with choosing to walk or cycle, there are also indirect environmental benefits. By choosing to walk more, we're creating greater demand for traffic-free spaces. This means more greenery and more plants to capture carbon dioxide and other types of pollution from the air. Less need for road vehicles also helps to reduce noise pollution. And a quieter environment is beneficial for wildlife, including the wildlife we have here in Hong Kong. Despite being an urban city, we have a diversity of birds, in total, we have over 570 recorded species. Now, before I get a bit sidetracked, let's go back to how walking relates to our carbon footprint. The key thing is that it's essentially zero emissions. It's as carbon free as you can be. I know that in order to really reduce Hong Kong's transport emissions, we're going to need big policy level changes to encourage the use of electric vehicles and to switch to a renewable energy grid. But in the meantime, we can still do our little bit to reduce our emissions. Small steps, big impact, right? That's why it's a great idea to go on a walk 
as a carbon-free weekend activity, as we learned from Igel earlier. It can be as easy as walking around your neighbourhood, or visiting a local park, or going on a hike to really immerse yourself in nature. Instead of just talking the talk, let's walk the walk, quite literally. Next week on Small Steps, Big Impact, I'll be exploring how to reduce our carbon footprint by BYOB, bringing your own bottle. But for now, it's goodbye from me. I'm Sally Ho and I'll catch you next time.